Thais Gibson, and I'm the co-owner and creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video, and in this video, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the dismissive avoidant and how they sort of are affected by each of the six stages of a relationship. So this is part of a series. You can go back and watch the ones for the anxious, preoccupied, and fearful avoidant as well. Um, but basically, the six stages of a relationship are based off of Dr. Susan Campbell's five stages, but I've just separated out the dating and the honeymoon phase. It comes that there's very distinctive like rites of passage and things needed in order to progress through future phases. So um, the six stages are, if you're not already aware, um, the dating phase, the honeymoon phase, the power struggle, followed by the stability, commitment, and bliss phases. And the idea really is we want to get to a bliss phase in a relationship. It's sort of like the honeymoon phase, but with more unconditional love, because usually by the bliss phase, you've seen each other's flaws, you've learned to accept, and you've learned to communicate and properly work through and resolve problems. You've broken through primary and secondary trigger cycles where both of your core wounds are constantly triggering one another's. You've opened up, you've been able to communicate about your needs, your boundaries, your fears, your vulnerabilities, and you've learned to love and accept somebody with that whole package, which, which really creates like a very deep and strong bond between two people. So usually what we'll see for the dismissive avoidant is that in the dating phase of a relationship, they tend to struggle. Um, they don't like the vulnerability. They can be like fun and enjoy the dating phase um, and be like charismatic and do the dating phase pretty well, but they're very much struggling internally in terms of like moving towards a commitment a lot of the time. In very rare cases, sometimes we'll see dismissive avoidance sort of chase after fearful avoidance. Fearful avoidance is more in their avoidance side um, because their fears are more pronounced sometimes in the dating phase, which can happen in certain cases. Um, but as a general rule, we'll see the dismissives sort of like drag their feet, be sort of in this like push-pull dynamic within themselves of like wanting to spend time with somebody, not wanting to give people the wrong messages, overcommit too soon, promise things they can't keep, have like expectations of them from other people. Um, so, so they can sort of like struggle there a little bit. The honeymoon phase, they tend to relax into and enjoy a little bit more. And then the power struggle is where like, you know, we're sort of dealing with a lot of those intense problems. Now it's also like one of the most profound phases of any relationship. If we learn to, to navigate through it, it's almost like the, the amount of golden nuggets that are there and available in that phase to be extracted and utilized are huge, but you really have to do a lot more digging than in any other phase. And so in the power struggle phase, you'll see the dismissive avoidant really kind of come into their more avoidant side if they haven't already. And that will be when they feel criticized, when they feel um, put down, when they feel misunderstood, unheard, when they feel like they're not moving through things easily with somebody as well. And, and usually their, their automatic response is to sort of flee, right? Because we see a lot of dismissive avoidance. They flee, they flee into themselves, they withdraw into their own space, their own emotional energy. Um, they, they try to create distance as a subconscious strategy to stay safe. And the power struggle phase will often really make a dismissive avoidance feel unsafe. Now, I have an entire course. It's our advanced dismissive avoidance course. It's basically the blueprint of how a dismissive avoidance works in the six stages of a relationship and the specific reprogramming tools needed, the type of communication patterns needed, um, the organization of like the all of the phases together and the blueprint for like how to navigate through each stage, each stage, the rites of passage, et cetera. I will put a, a link in the description box below for that. Um, of course, with a coupon code, if you want to check it out. But as we go along the different stages, you'll see in the power struggle phases where they often will leave the quickest. Um, and, and, you know, the important thing to understand about the dismissive avoidance is that part of the reason they leave 
is they don't believe that it's possible a lot of the time to work through conflict. Usually they don't have modeling for that. Things are swept under the rug. They don't know how that would happen or what it looks like. And so when they start feeling a buildup of emotions or resentment or lack of resolution, they're like, this doesn't feel good. And as a subconscious strategy to flee their own negative feelings that they're trying to escape from, they push away somebody in a relationship dynamic, which can happen quite often. So that's that phase. And then we move into the stability phase. If a dismissive avoidant moves to the stability phase of a relationship, they tend to thrive. They tend to like really come alive, feel really good, feel really connected in this phase. Um, and you know, it's huge for them because usually if a dismissive avoidant is in a dynamic where they've made it to this phase of a relationship, they've really opened up. And this can sort of put them in this position where if there's a breakup that happens after the stability phase, it's really difficult for them because it really takes a lot for them to open up. And that's where you'll see them sort of like really emote, like really open up. They feel secure. They feel safe. They feel like they've made it through navigating conflict, communicating through things. And this is where the, the onion like will really peel back its layers. And you'll see a DA sort of emerge as the much more secure version of themselves by this phase. Um, so that's really important to note. And dismissive ones, I would say, have the hardest time going through a breakup if it happens in this phase of a relationship out of any other attachment style, even more so than anxious. Um, and then commitment phase, they tend to do well. Um, I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but they tend to not like to commit before moving through the power struggle phase. They get afraid. Once they've navigated and moved through that, moved into the stability phase, then commitment feels okay for them if they feel safe. And usually by that phase in their relationship, most attachment cells have like worked through a lot of their primary fears and core triggers and emotional wounds. So that's really beneficial as well. Commitment phase isn't when you make a commitment. <laughs> it's actually what happens consecutively consecutively after the stability phase, if you've made it through the different rites of passage along the way. A lot of people often commit in the um, dating phase of relationship or commit in the honeymoon phase of relationship to getting married and settling down, but then be in the power struggle phase after being married and then still navigating these different dynamics. And then lastly, obviously the bliss phase, they do really well. DAs get a lot of safety from their relationships um, and they really like having that safety and certainty and consistent connection. And so they tend to really appreciate the later phases of a relationship if they do make it to that point, because they really will hold on and they don't tend to like to let things go um, once they've reached those stages. So hopefully that makes a lot of sense. If you want to do a way deeper dive, again, I've got that course. I'll put a link in the description box below. Um, and thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe, and I will see you in the next video.